Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for the Hump Day episode of the Blitz Podcast. And by Hump Day, what I mean is we are going into week nine. That means we are truly over the hump for the first half of the NFL season. Hard to believe. Um, Halloween's right around the corner. I believe that some daylight savings time or whatever they call it is also. And there's also cooler weather at hand. The one thing, though, that stays tried and true is who joins me for this thing every week. Harley Schultz, how's it going, my man? Steve, 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 Steve. Guess what week it is. Guess what week it is. What what, what week is it? Week nine. Hump day. Hump day. (laughs) For all those that don't know, we didn't plan that. Not at all. We're horrible. That was actually pretty good. You caught me off guard. Yes, uh, we uh, are into week nine, which means technically we are past the halfway mark in most fantasy football seasons. Uh, And we still have a couple teams that are looking very, very good in the regular realm of football. And we have a couple teams that are looking really, really bad in the regular realm of football. And now we're also starting to enter, though, unfortunately, from a fantasy standpoint, into the heart of the bye week terrorism. Yes, that is true. There are the bye weeks are definitely full fledged. Ride or die type stuff, right? Here we get four teams on by this week, six teams on by next week. That's going to be just plain evil. You know what I like best about the the four and sixteen buys? What's that? It cuts down on the amount of guys I have to do projections for. <laughs> actually, good point, good point. Actually, I try to still always do fifty minimally at each position, so it actually makes it tougher because now I'm like going. Do I really want to do that defensive lineman that is going to score one assisted tackle if he's lucky? So, well, I, I hope you don't forget to do the projections for Jacksonville and Houston this week. Yeah, uh, they're on my schedule. What I might have missed was that I'd have to get up at nine thirty a.m. to watch them. Dun 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 dun. It's another London game. I hate. Those eight, those nine thirty a.m. games, hate it. Yes, I'm on the East Coast. They're even worse than watching the second Monday night game when they do that at the beginning of the season. But here's the thing, though: at least some of the London games have been competitive. I don't care about that. Compa- compared to the Thursday night games, my sleep isn't competitive. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But you'll get an extra hour of sleep this week because of daylight savings time. That is true. I will get an extra hour of sleep. But still, I like to take care of some things, get it out of the way. Um, So I'm not hitting save on my lineup changes last minute, changing the page before I actually realized it didn't take and start TJ Yeldon over Gerald Everett and get a loss when I would have got a win. Stuff like that. Well, and so, I mean, when you look at these games, though, it's like uh, at least if you get up early enough to watch the game – Hopefully you have a big bag of candy to eat while you're watching the game to keep you awake. Oh, don't get me going about candy. Uh, I'm going to need to throw it over to you for news soon, but I've got a rant, and I don't know if I want to do it post or pre-news about Halloween uh, candy. Let's make it post-news uh, just because I'm, uh, I'm actually chowing down on a mini Take 5 bar right now. So I've never had a Take 5 bar. Oh, you're missing out, man. It's the gold standard of candy bars. I don't know. You know what? That's probably what we should have <coughs> was a segment on the best candy bars or candy for Halloween. But yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. There's look, no candy's really bad candy unless it's um, like circus, candy, circus peanuts or something like that. Oh, those those are, those are bad. Yeah, for me, for it's those candy corn uh, Smarties. Oh, I love Smarties. Get out of oh, here! Can't stand those. <laughs> <clears throat> and what about those little caramel things that like? Uh, Come in, or the peanut butter or caramel, they come in like orange and black wrappers. No one likes those. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. But if uh, my like, wife is raising her hand. She likes those. I don't know who else. If likes they're those. caramel, I like them, so I can say that much. Um, 
But yeah, who knows? I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know. It is time for the Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The Miami Dolphins traded running back Kenyon Drake to Arizona this morning. The Cardinals will be without Chase Edmonds for the next couple of weeks with a hamstring injury, and rumors continue to circle on David Johnson's remainder of the season activity due to both ankle and back injuries. Drake will be asked to immediately step in and carry the load Thursday against the San Francisco 49ers. When asked about the tough initial matchup, Drake replied, I just spent the first half of the year playing for the Dolphins. If I can deal with that trauma, I can deal with anything. 2016 sixth-round pick Brandon Ellen will receive his first professional start at quarterback this week for the Broncos after Joe Flacco sustained a neck injury Sunday. From a fantasy standpoint, all you need to know about Mr. Ellen is that he couldn't beat out Blake Bortles nor Chad Henney to make the Jaguars two years ago. Also, on a slightly related note, does anyone know if at any point in time in history, and, and tag us on Twitter if you do, is this the first time ever that there will be three NFL quarterbacks starting at the same time that happen to have the same last name? <laughs> Sam Darnold suffered a sprained thumb in Sunday's loss to Jacksonville. He is not certain at what point in the game the injury occurred, but he is certain that the culprit was wearing a white sheet with two holes for eyes. J.J. Watt is headed to the IR once again with a torn pectoral muscle. With all of the major injuries that Watt has endured in recent years, there's a very strong chance that Watt finally chooses to hang up his cleats. Either way, at least Watt will have more time now for all of his civic aid activities. And finally, Matt Schaub had 52 pass attempts Sunday without a pick six. The end of times is here. This has been your BPN News Update. I was wondering if you were going to find a way to get Matt Schaub into the news and how. That I didn't see coming. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty good. Is this his first game in, like, 10 years without a pick six? Yeah, I don't know. Um, might be his first game ever without a pick six. So, it's quite possible. So did you see the presser with Joe Flacco after the game? I did not. Um, he kind of laid into the coaching staff, so I wonder if that neck injury is um, from him looking back and forth to the press as he was giving up, you know, throwing everybody under the bus from the coaching staff. And what he said was, I feel correct to say, honestly. Um, but yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, that's um, that's that's kind of odd. I wonder if what's up with that. But in any event, um, candy, candy, we need candy. Yes. Candy, candy, candy. There's nothing better than candy. Okay, so we have a Kroger that's near us and saw that they had a special 50% off coupon for just Saturday only with the card that you have or whatever, something like that. So I go there, and, of course, I spend way too much money on candy. Um, and one of the bags I buy, I buy because I like the candy. <coughs> and I figure I'll be able to, you know, steal a few for myself. It's basically half Skittles. Hello, Marshawn Lynch. There's the tie-in for football, right? Yes. And then the other part is, is Starburst, little, you know, two packs of Starburst pre-wrapped. And I like Starburst a lot, right? So tonight, yes. prior to recording, I've got to get my voice in shape, so I decide that I will grab, you know, a handful, four, four or five packs of Starburst, and I'm kind of anal retentive. I don't open them up one at a time and eat them. I open them all up and then just, you know, have the singles in my hand and peel them and eat them. Well, I open the first pack, two pinks. I open the second pack, two pinks. <laughs> I open the third pack, two pinks. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like, did they, is this, my wife's like, I don't know, is it breast cancer awareness? You know, did they do something like that? I'm like, I don't know. I go over, I grab the bag. Nope, just says Starburst Originals. I open up the fourth pack, two pink. I open up the fifth pack, guess what colors they are? Yellow. Pink. They're pink. <laughs> so now the kind of personality I have, you know what I just, what I went and did? I took the entire bag, dumped it on the table, spread it out, 
picked all the Starburst and put all the Skittles to one side, put the Skittles back in the bag, opened up every pack of Starburst that was in that bag. They were bag. all pink. They were all pink. I almost didn't want to open up the last pack so I could say, I can tell myself these are the only two in the whole pack that aren't pink, but I couldn't. I had to do it. So I'm Those going to, would be Schrodinger's Starburst. There. Yeah. So I'm going to find a way to go on a Twitter rant probably after um, we record the show or maybe tomorrow at Starburst or whoever it is that makes them and say, what's up, man? I had no red, no yellow. I can't really call them well, cherry and lemon because I don't know that they really t- taste like the flavors that they are. But anyway. It's interesting you bring that up, though, because uh, about three or four years ago, Starburst introduced a version of their product that's called All Reds, which are just all strawberry and all cherry flavored ones. Gotcha. So they've left out the orange and lemon, which personally to me, Orange and lemon Starburst are my two favorites. Aren't the red and lemon are my favorites. But no, I, I hear your pink is, for me at least, and again, I don't dislike the strawberry because it's still a Starburst and Starburst are delicious. Yes. But strawberry is probably my least favorite of the four. So finding just that in the bag would really be disappointing. Yeah, I was disappointed. I, I don't even know. I think I would have been disappointed if they were all red, honestly, or all yeah. yellow. I just I wanted some variety, you know? Have you tried the, uh, speaking of Starburst though, have you tried the new Starburst minis? They come in a bag and it's actually like mini Starburst, like, like the size of like a, a nail top. You see pop them like chiclets. Oh, okay. No, I have not seen those. That's the way to get a bunch of Starburst at once. So about the same size as your Skittles. On. So, so kind of like, I was going to say like a Skittle or like a Tic Tac or something. Exactly. Gotcha. No, I haven't seen those. Um, but I do like the Smarties that you don't like that you said earlier. Um, this candy wasn't really out, I don't think, when I was a kid. It kind of came out a little bit after me, but Laffy Taffy. Um, but I had some left over one year, tried it. I was like, oh, man, that's pretty good. So I like Laffy Taffy. Um, oh, I'm probably the one person that liked the banana Laffy Taffy. No one else oh, liked the banana one. Banana. Um, I've been forcing the banana on my wife so that she can eat them because I won't eat the banana ones. <laughs> um, no one likes the banana but me. And the reason I'm saying banana, if anybody has watched Bo- watched Bosch on Prime, then they will understand why I'm saying banana. Um, <laughs> it's how somebody that was in the show said banana, and it just kind of drove me crazy. It was an Asian guy that spoke like that. Um, banana. Bell sis, though. So when you're talking about that candy there, getting all those Starbursts, uh, you know, uh, that wasn't really the treat you were looking for. That was kind of a trick on behalf of what the candy company, right? Absolutely. It, 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 you know what? That's how I'm going to frame my tweet at them. I guess this was a trick, not a treat. Um, okay, so favorite non-chocolate candy other than like a Starburst or something like that. I'll tell you from a candy bar standpoint, I love paydays. Aren't paydays? No, paydays are peanuts with the... Uh, Caramel. Yeah, those are very good. Uh, so for me... Uh, before there was paid, well, I don't know if it was before or not, but, uh, here in Minnesota, we have a product called the Pearson salted nut roll, which is kind of based what the payday is based off of. So yeah, I like nut rolls too. That's, they got, they have the nougat in it with the caramel, right? Yep. Yeah. I love, I love those too. Um, but yeah, there's some candies that are, you know, I think kind of regional maybe or something to that along that line, you know, I'd rather have a. Three Musketeers than a Snickers. I'd rather have a Snickers than a Milky Way. I'd rather have a Milky Way than a Hershey's bar. I'd rather have a Crunch instead of a Hershey's bar. So, well, do you guys get the Cherry Bing there? Don't even know what that is. It's like a chocolate patty with cherry flavored fluff inside. I don't think so, and I don't want any of that. I do. <laughs> I do like the peppermint patties, though. Oh, York peppermint patties all day, and for me. I'm a huge Whoppers guy. Whoppers and uh, Sixlets. My my wife loves Whoppers. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them. I, I'll eat them. I'm not a big fan of them. And hey, go back to um, York Peppermint Patties. Didn't they have probably the best commercials of all candy ever? I mean, the Skittles commercials nowadays are absolutely horrible. <laughs> you mean you you don't like picking like? Yes, exactly. Don't, don't even say it. I won't. Yeah, I won't even eat them now. If you make <laughs> me think about that, but um. If somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about, try to hit YouTube or something and find the old York Peppermint Patty um, commercials. I have two that I kind of remember. One is, I think it's a guy, and he's in, an, in a recliner, and it has to do with sports. 
and he says the York peppermint patty. It's so refreshing, or something like that. It makes you feel like, and he he throws the chair back like he's one of those ski jumpers type thing. Um, but there, <laughs> there's a bunch of crazy ones like that. They were the best commercials. I loosely remember those commercials. Yes, uh, I got a few years on you then. That's why. Exactly. So when we got on, when we started talking before we started recording, you said we we talked about the game, and you said it was fourteen nothing. So Connor's going to have a uphill battle, and that was because you thought there was a pick six and didn't realize that it was due to a celebration in the end zone from an interception, but not a pick six. But I just looked up, and it is fourteen nothing now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Miami's going to ruin their uh, chance at getting that number one overall pick tonight. Who, <coughs> wh- why? Who do you think's going to get it? Who Who do you think's in line for the number one pick? Oh. Probably Washington right now. I think Washington winds up with some wins by accident because Washington can't do anything right. Washington can't yeah. even lose right, seriously. That's true. So, anyway, um, we discussed prior to coming on air, we were trying to figure out what kind of segment we were going to do. So, of course, we're going to do our DFS. We'll do that last. Um, but one of the things we talked about was maybe having like a trick or treat type segment on you know the fantasy season so far so we didn't really discuss who or how or what we were going to do to format it so we're just going to roll with it um unless you want to talk more about candy well i always like to talk about candy so let's just say this uh i I think the biggest treat you can have this year is to score a lot of points yeah this Uh, weekend over halloween weekend you know what was what's candy in fantasy football candy is Aaron Jones scoring four touchdowns. Candy is Tevin Coleman scoring four touchdowns. And both of them being in your lineup, not on your bench. That's candy. Candy is Christian McCaffrey going off against the best run defense in football. When you're just hoping that he does anything and then looking up the scoreboard and seeing he has 150 yards plus a touchdown. That's candy. That is true. That's the strawberry on top. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> now you're now you're talking my language. So, any any quarterbacks that you want to point out that have been tricks and or treats? I have one that I want to talk about, but I'll let you go first. Oh, geez, when I'm thinking about tricks at quarterback, I gotta say Mitchell Trubisky. I was I was so up on the Chicago Bears having an improved offense this year, getting a little bit better in their second year uh, with the coaching staff. There, Trubisky looked like he was starting to put it all together. He's got a couple receivers to throw to now. And basically, he's turned into a Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Rolls are okay, though. But, yeah, that's a good analogy, I guess. Um, You know what? Trubisky tricked the Bears also, evidently. And I'll tell you what. Because Trubisky's so bad, I will tell you, if you're in a dynasty league, go buy Allen Robinson. Because he either has to improve or they're going to find a replacement. (coughs) Allen Robinson Robinson stays there. Look how productive he's being with the poor play. He's not a top five guy, not a top ten guy. Look at it, seriously. They get something of a semblance of a quarterback there. Allen Robinson is a star. But then you kind of look at some of the treats that are out there. and uh, well, go, go ahead. Go ahead and do a treat. For me, I would say my favorite treat this year at quarterback has been Lamar Jackson. Coming into this season everybody said that he was going to be absolutely nothing because he couldn't throw the ball. It yeah. doesn't matter when you're running for 130 yards a game. No, and I detailed prior to the start of the season what it would take for him to be, I think, top five or top three or something like that. We talked about it on the show, I think, before, like in one of the preseason shows possibly. He didn't have to throw for a whole lot of yards or touchdowns this year <coughs> to make that happen. So, And those throwing yards and those throwing touchdowns, that's candy. That's the candy. That's the strawberry on top. Um, so for me, I have a trick and a treat at quarterback. And it's the same person. And I believe he's been a trick and a treat for fantasy players and also a trick and a treat for his NFL team. And if we had a drum roll, I'd play it right now, but we don't. So brrr, Jameis Winston. Oh, if you talk about Jameis Winston, Halloween – is is a good holiday for him because his performances can be quite scary. Yeah. You could also say he'd be a great person to have around for Christmas because he's the gift that keeps on giving. There to both go. sides of the ball. He gives it and he takes it away. Give he it. gives it and he takes it away. <laughs> he gives it and he taketh away. That is true. So, like, I mean, he is quarterback number nine on the year. 
You know, 27 points, 24. Then you have a 17-point performance. You have a 31-point performance. And you have a 13 and a 13. Like, that's why he's a trick and a treat. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Well, you do know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get 300 yards passing, one or two touchdowns, and three or four interceptions. (laughs) There you go. You're right. All right, so how about anybody else you want to talk about uh, any of the other positions that you find as a trick or a treat this year? Well, I think that when you look at across the board, uh, there's been a lot of treats at running back. But the last week or so, there's been two huge tricks at running back. And that was Chase Edmonds in Arizona and Ty Johnson in Detroit. Yeah, Both of these teams tricked us into spending all of our free agent money on those two guys. And now neither of us is getting a treat from those two guys. I didn't buy the hype, so I didn't have to worry about it. But, you know, they were Hershey's bars. I don't like Hershey's. Hershey's is very vanilla. I really thought that Chase, I I thought that Chase Edmonds had a chance to be that elusive 100 grand bar. I'll tell you who I think. Well, the, I love the hundred grand bars. I'll Everyone t- loves the hundred grand bar. It's so underrated. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you who is this year's hundred grand bar, and it, you have to say Christian McCaffrey can't count. Dalvin Cook could probably be in the argument because he never lived up to expectations. You could get him in the second round, but he doesn't even count. Aaron Jones. How long has fantasy Twitter? And everybody else, except for the Packers, been calling for feed Aaron Jones and feed him the rock running the ball and work him into the passing game. He has been the biggest treat by far, not just for fantasy Twitter, but also for the Packers. He's the engine, along with Rodgers, that's making that thing go. Well, now we know who the true candy miser was in Green Bay. It was the person who was keeping Aaron Jones out of our fantasy lineups now is Mike McCarthy. Yes, that is true. Mike McCarthy's the guy that you go to, and he's giving out nickels instead of candy. Or worse, he's putting, like, celery sticks in your bag. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that was thorst. That and apples. Uh, See, people like apples. I like apples. But as a kid, I didn't want apple. I I wanted the chocolate bar. (laughs) Exactly. Or the still baby salad kits. You ever gotten the baby salad kit in your trick-or-treat bag? No, I guess I went to good people. I don't know. No. <laughs> I even lived in a very poor area, but I never got salad or rocks or anything like that. Good, good candy. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think that uh, you, you want to get the good candy, but sometimes it's like if you live in a bad neighborhood, you get lucky, though, because then you get like the, the, the old ladies that might not have a ton of money, but they like to bake. Yeah. And they'll bake you cookies or like I had a neighbor that used to – Baked popcorn balls for everyone on the block. Oh, those are so good. There you go. All right. Anybody else at running back you want to talk about that's a true trick or treat? Uh, I think you you summed up the two best right there. Okay. Uh, Wide wide receiver, I think the biggest trick, and and you could almost say this whole team has been a trick this year, but you've got to look at Odell Beckham and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, sadly, sadly, yes. Um, there was a meme going on around on Twitter yesterday. Odell with the Giants, Odell with the Browns, and you can just figure out what it was or go look it up if you don't know. But yeah, that's that is the biggest trick by far. Um, he has not produced. The Browns have not produced, and I know everybody thought that it was they're easy to they're an easy punching bag because of the crown them stuff, you know, during the preseason, and everybody's saying that they had great expectations, but. Man, if you don't fix your offensive line, it's hard to do anything in this league. Um, well, so you're, you're a fan of Cleveland, correct? Or my, wife, your wife? my wife is. So, of course, I'm a fan by <clears throat> association. So I guess the best way to look at Cleveland this year is, well, Freddie Kitchen ha- has the best plan for a Halloween costume of them all. He's dressed up as a head coach. Yeah, well, that too. Okay. But he's going as a vampire because, frankly, he just likes to suck. Okay, there you go. Um, so here's what I'll add about Cleveland. I try, and I tweeted this the other day, I always try to find the silver lining in things, Harley, whether it's personal life or fantasy or whatever. I try to find the silver lining, right? Because there's too much negative in this world. It's too easy to get down on everything, right? Wasn't there a skit? Wasn't there somebody in, on SNL that was always finding, like the, the Debbie Downer or something like that? That sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. Molly Shannon, maybe? Yeah, something like that. But I like to find the silver lining. So what I'm going to tell you is yesterday, Sunday, in their game against the Patriots, 
if the Browns fans want to take a sliver of hope from that game, over the last three quarters, the Browns outscored the Patriots 13-10. to 10. Well, I'd like to add that the offensive line did a pretty good job of cutting some holes open for uh, Nick Chubb, too. Yeah, they just did a horrible job protecting, and you can't give the ball away three times in the first quarter, let alone three consecutive offensive snaps. Yes. Just you, can't can't get, well, you can't get behind in general against the Patriots. You have to stay close or try to stay ahead early. As soon as you fall behind, yep. then Belichick has you right where he wants you. And uh, again, when we think of mad wizards this Halloween, there's, there's not a bigger one than Bill Belichick. No, not at all. So I'll tell you one of my big treats, I think, this year. And I missed him in every draft because I tried to get tricky and go, okay, here's his, here's his ADP. I should be able to get him coming back to me. And I always missed him by less than a round, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Well, so <laughs> I, I love Cooper Cup. And I, I'm fortunate that I had a few shares of him last year when he kind of had his main breakout and then he got hurt at the end of the year. And I was in the same boat as you. I wanted to get him this year, and I just, for whatever reason, didn't end up with him on any of my rosters. And it's it's a shame because... I yeah. knew he was going to be decent this year. I knew he was going to be good. I don't think any of us thought he was going to be as big of an impact right away. We thought maybe his injury would yeah. hold him to the point where it like, maybe took two or three weeks to get the rust off. But no, Cooper Cup has done it, including in some situations like this past week where, again, we talked about it a little bit on the DFS segment last week that the Cincinnati Bengals actually were pretty good against opposing receivers. Even with their uh, shortened secondary I didn't think that they would have a huge game out of their receiving core, and they did. Yep. Uh, and a lot of that is because Cooper Cup just went ham. <laughs> yeah. Um, or I guess it is in, it's in London, so he went tea and crumpets on the situation. There you go, tea and crumpets. That's right. So here's – I'll tell you, this is a big treat. When Drew Brees went down in week two, I really – I didn't, say, I didn't think the Saints were done. I didn't think that they'd go 5-0 and with Teddy. But what I didn't think was that Michael Thomas, over that span, weeks three through eight, would be the number one ranked fantasy wide receiver in points scored. Just, you couldn't have told me that. I'd never, I would have lost that bet. You get Michael Thomas, I get the field. Who ranks number one after five weeks? There's no way I win that bet. So that's a big treat for his owners because I really thought he was going to be a hard sell to keep in lineups or at least to get the production from him that you expect. Well, I think maybe the biggest treat of the season for fans and also for fantasy players is Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts. You're yeah. looking at a situation there where five days before the season started, their franchise quarterback decided to retire, retire basically out of nowhere and they had no clue what would happen then so actually the colts had a trick and a treat because they got tricked by luck and they're getting a treat from Bursette. exactly good yeah i can get on board with that i really can um i think that you can also use that same sort of look at the Vikings wide receivers. Um, they've been a bit trick and treat this year, um, depending on what's going on and who's the squeakiest wheel with Kirk and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that uh, finally here in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer has agreed to let his offensive coordinators, and I say coordinators because Kevin Stefanski is officially the coordinator, but Gary Kubiak is truly the one calling the office there. Yeah, He's finally letting them do their thing. Terry McLaurin's been a pretty good treat. Um, hasn't been as consistent as he got out the gate as fast as he did. But he's been a good treat. Um, I think John Brown's been a good treat for, you know, he's been a solid wide receiver too for most people. Um, your tricks, you're right. You can just leave it at Odell Beckham. I'll tell you who the biggest trick and treat was this year, though. Do you know who it was? Ooh. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Because... <laughs> At least 90% of people probably did not have him in their lineup week one. And then they started him each subsequent week when he did horrible. I think you hit that one right out of, right in the park there. That's the perfect idea of a trick there because uh, 
Well, and again, it's like I don't, I don't think anything quite stands up to the whole Cliff Kingsbury, no David Johnson starting next, last week bit that that really tricked a lot of owners. But uh, yeah. if there was a season long trick, it it probably would be that. <laughs> and I'd say if we're going to give some tricks and treats at the tight end position, Darren Waller definitely a treat. Oh, definitely, and I think that. Uh, Probably, I mean, I hate to say it, but probably the biggest trick so far might be George Kittle. Um, who, go ahead. His numbers are trending upward, but he hasn't really had a huge breakout game yet. He's had a couple of decent games now, but numbers have been kind of so-so. And he, he certainly, I mean, well, he's, he's established himself ahead of Mr. Zach Ertz, who was a predictable trick this year i feel like the drop between kittle and guys like waller and mark andrews and them is shrinking faster than his getting closer to kelsey's okay raising so this is a a good spot right now we, we fell into this by accident but we're going to go we're going to do this right now um george kittle zach Ertz. you have to pick one of them to go forward for the rest of the year who are you going to pick? Oh, it's got to be George Kittle. Okay, I'm going to tell you I disagree with that. Here's why I disagree with that. One, Kittle has a grand total of 49 targets this year. Do you know how many Zach Ertz has? How many? 64. Would you like to know how many tight ends have more targets than Zach Ertz? Two. One. That is Travis Kelsey. Would you like to know yes. how many? I, I, I knew Kelsey was one. I thought Mark Andrews might have more. Um, no, Mark Andrews has 55. He has ten le- um, nine less. So Travis Kelsey has 65. He has one more than Ertz. If you include Travis Kelsey, do you know how many players in the NFL this year have more targets than Zach Ertz? Four. Ten. That is it. Ten, and one of them is Travis Kelsey. The other nine are all wide receivers. When we're talking Zach Ertz targets, a number to think about is that over the last two weeks, Zach Ertz has the exact same number of targets as Dallas Goddard. He does, but here and, and Goddard's coming through, right? Well, they have the ability to double and even triple Ertz at times if they want. Getting Deshaun Jackson back, I believe, is going to be a big that plus. That is the key. Big plus for Ertz. So I give Ertz, I can see where there's a plus sign or a check mark I can give him, right? So that this is how I'm going to talk myself into it. Then I go and I look at Kittle. And I go, Kittle's only got 49 targets. That's really low considering. So his efficiency's been great. But what is going to is there anything that's new or or you know something in San Francisco that could hurt or help Kittle? Well, Tevin Coleman showing what he can do, that's not going to help. But you know what else isn't going to help? Emmanuel Sanders is in town now. Definitely. They have a number one receiver to throw the ball to now, which is kind of nice for them. But, uh, again, I, th- I think that the fact that Matt Breda is once again hurt, uh, Tevin Coleman's never been much of a <clears throat> legitimate receiving back. So No, but but Sanders is the biggest check mark against <clears throat> Kittle. So if I have to look at it, I've got somebody coming back that's going to help my offense and balance it out, and then I've got another guy coming in that in his first week, I think in his first reception, had a touchdown, basically. Um, I think they're going to get – Sanders involved even more. So that's going to be less looks and less targets to go around. So I'm going to say give me Zach Ertz. I think that people are looking at Ertz simply from the fact of where you had to draft him. And look, him and Kittle rank sixth and seventh right now. They're both they're less than seven points apart in the scoring system I'm looking at, which is PPR. And I think that's part of what people look at is what was my cost to get him, and he's not performing to expectations. But I've seen people say I'm dropping Zach Ertz after this week. You can't drop Zach Ertz after this week. You can't drop Zach Ertz. And if for no other reason, because the trade deadline isn't until tomorrow. And yeah, he imagine, could, he could just imagine in, if he was to be traded someplace. Yeah, he could wind up in New, or- in New England or something. Who knows? New um, England, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Wherever. Yeah. Lots of teams could use him. So, but I just, look, when you look at the tight end position, you're not dropping a guy like that. He may not be living up. He may be giving, making you feel like you got a trick instead of a treat. Um, but guess what? It's still a piece of candy. It just may not be your favorite candy. Exactly. I guess with him, you're kind of looking at like a Milky Way. Or a Jolly Rancher. Or a Star Mint. A which one? A Star Mint. I don't know that one. The red and white little mints. 
that you unwrap, usually at restaurants? Oh, like a buttermint kind of? Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Kind of like that, I think. Anyway, <coughs> so that's what that is. All right, have we done enough on this tricks and or treats? Yes, uh, I, I think that we've got our bags full of candy for the week. Okay. Well, I hopefully will have some still left over because if I eat it all between now and next week, I'll never sleep. Um, so it's time for DFS stuff. And as always, I'm going to let you set the over-under. So this week was a particularly tough week for me. I agree. So I'm going to say... I'm going to keep the... Oh, no, I like that player, though, too. I'm going to say five. I, no, uh-huh. I, no. Uh-huh. Vegas... Vegas has told me I can't go to five. They're saying I have to keep it at four. I'm still taking the under. I would have told you I was taking the under no matter what, but then I was afraid you'd make it like three, and then that's really tough at that point. So you're saying four, and I'm taking the under. I was going to say five, but my my bosses at the Vegas Sports and Information Network say I have to go at four. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got a, I've got like some multiple players. I got to go through here and say, okay, I'm tra- crossing him out, crossing him out, going there, <laughs> crossed him out. Okay, did that one. Okay, I got one. I'm probably cheating on, but that is what it is. All right, why don't you lead us off? Take us off the. I think we <coughs> swept quarterback last last week. I think we actually might sweep it this week, but I've got one play. I think that you won't get. So I'm actually paying up for the same guy I paid up for last week at quarterback. That's Russell Wilson. Ding ding. Last week, he faced Atlanta. This week, he gets to face Tampa at home. Tampa has given up 15 quarterback touchdowns over their last five games against a murderer's row of quarterbacks, including Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Jared Goff, and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I've got Chalky McChalkster again, too. So... Um, now, the stay away, I'm hoping that you looked at this the way I did. Pat Mahomes, even though he's at home, is a stay away in my mind where I don't think we should be able to pick him because we're not sure he's going to play yet. So I didn't pick him as my stay away. And I was I, in the same boat. I, I passed on him just for that reason. And I thought you would, too. So I'm glad that we could say that out loud. Um, but go ahead. I'll let you say your stay away, and I'll see if we match. Uh, I had to go down the list a little ways to find the guy I really wanted to stay away from. But I'm going to stay away from Carson Wentz versus Chicago. And most of the high-priced quarterbacks have actually pretty good matchups. This is the highest-priced quarterback that I saw with a tougher game. So Chicago's allowed only one or fewer passing touch, one or zero passing touchdowns in five of seven games this year. I don't disagree with Wentz as a as a punt right now, um, but I went with a higher-priced guy. And you're right, most of them have really nice matchups. Um, I was concerned about Kirk Cousins, though. It's in Kansas City. I know their defense isn't the best, and it, it probably could be a shootout. I got a gut feeling, though, that that's going to be a low-scoring affair, but I just I couldn't say stay away from him for certain, right? But I am going to stay away from Aaron Rodgers on the road, even though it'll probably be a mini-home game in, against the Chargers. Um, I think Aaron <coughs> Jones eats and eats a lot this weekend. Um, I'm not so sure that Rodgers has to do that much, though. I was going to say, won't Rodgers have all of his old college fans there? Oh, yeah, that's possible. <laughs> Forgot about no, that. I, yeah, he's got question marks at receivers still all over the place. And yep. Jimmy Graham looked mediocre this past weekend. So he but looked, he looked like Jimmy so Graham. So he looked like Jimmy Graham then? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we were square there. What'd you say? I was going to say, who's your value? So my value play, I think we're going to agree on, actually. Um, and let's see. I was shocked that I had to go down as far as I did. Um, oh, no, I didn't actually have to go down that far. Um, I went to Matthew Stafford as my value play. He's 6,800 and 7,900. He's the fourth highest quarterback on the board. I'm looking at the value on return. And I just I think Stafford's the guy that I'm going to play as value this week. I think you get three times, four or five possibly times the value, even though he's going on the road to Oakland. Oh, I totally agree with you. Matthew Stafford is a guaranteed 3x value this week. He is not the guy I chose just because I thought his price was too high to qualify as a value play. But I hear what you're saying, and I totally get what you're saying. My, my value play, Derek Carr in that very same game. Okay. 
Detroit has gotten into shootouts recently, and over the last two games, they've allowed eight passing touchdowns. And we're not sure what's up with Darius Slay, and he may not even be in Detroit for this game. Exactly. Okay. Um, now, that's the good thing, too, is that you can wait and set these lineups later if they get impacted by any of the trade deadline stuff. Um, at running back, I'll start... But here's the thing I want to okay. say about this, though, too, is this takes into account an important part of DFS. If there's a game with a high implied point total and most of the people are going to be on the obvious half of that, which is the Detroit offense, that's the time that you might want to play the Oakland offense in the giant tournaments because those players are going to be lesser owned, but they're going to have to put up points to compete in a shootout environment. Right, that's true. That's a good way to look at it. Um, So now let's run on over to the running back position. And a guy that, I don't know if we talked about this, earlier in our segment for tricks and treats or not, but I know we talked about it prior to coming on. Um, I thought Le- <coughs> Le'Veon Bell kind of might have been one of those trick for, for people because he was, you know, not performing as well as they expected, but that's for season long. In DFS, he's the third highest priced running back on the list, but he gets to play Miami in Miami. Miami looks like they may be coming off of their first win of the season. Um, yeah, give me Le'Veon Bell on the road against the Dolphins. Well, we have a match there. I've got Le'Veon Bell going there, too. Uh, You could have easily said Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. Yep. Uh, They're both good plays. And we've finally reached that point now where they're both at their price. So, yes, they'll return two and a half times their value, which is very good. But Le'Veon Bell, for considerably less money, Yep. It is just that much stronger of a play. Miami's coming into tonight's game, they're allowing 184 combo yards per game to opposing running backs and one and a half touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. And realistically, I mean, the Jets didn't use Ty Montgomery on a single offensive snap this past week. It's Le'Veon Bell's show, and what spares are going are going to blow up Howell, not to Ty Montgomery anymore. So and, and the thing is, I did. I looked at the salaries of Cook and McCaffrey. As much <coughs> as I like them, I'm not. I know this is the pay up segment. I got to pay up for somebody that I think has a good matchup on top of it, not just because of what you've done so far year to date. So yes, that's why we agree. Um, however, I will say that my stay away is one of those guys, and it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. He's at home. I know he almost seems like he's matchup proof, but at ten thousand dollars. I don't want any parts of it. Not against that Tennessee defense. Well, again, because I didn't want any part of him last week against that uh, San Francisco defense. He still did. Yeah. Um, I had a tough time with my stay away here. That I ultimately ended up going down a little bit to Chris Carson versus Tampa Bay. It, it, as bad as Tampa Bay is against the pass, they're yeah. actually Very dominant against the run. Yep. Opposing backs are averaging less than three yards per carry against them this year. I don't disagree with that at all. Carson would not be in a lineup that if I had to put one together or you asked me, can I, should I put Carson in it, I would be right with you saying no. I would and, and Carson's price on FanDuel is more than Le'Veon Bell's price on FanDuel. Yeah, that is crazy, actually. By $1,200, that's not, that's not some small amount either. Um, it's absolutely absurd. And his price on both sites is higher than that of the guy directly below him, Aaron Jones, who I really like this week. Yes, um, can't argue with you there. Now, I had a tough time finding a value play. This also happens when you have a Thursday night game and a Sunday night game and a Monday night game and a London game. So you're losing eight players. I mean, eight teams worth of players, right? Plus four buys. Plus four four buys. Four buys, right, exactly. So you don't have as much to pick from. Um, is that Dre Bly's younger brother, Four Bly's? Possibly. Hey, remember Dre was on the show with us when we first started out the first Yes, year. he was. <laughs> um, so I've got three guys, and, and they probably all are a little bit higher priced than they should be. Um, I'm going to go backwards with who I was going to go with versus who I am going with. How's that? So the first one That's I looked good. at was Melvin Gordon. 5600 They probably finally have him priced right. But you know what they can do, what, what Green Bay's defenses for running backs. 
So I really think that he's actually a solid play this weekend at that price. But he's not who my value play is. Before you go on, I'd like to say I would particularly like Melvin Gordon at that price starting for Detroit against Oakland this week. Oh, there you go. And that's I guess that's an outside possibility still too. Um, Then there's Frank Gore. Frank Gore kind of fit the value play in that he's almost, you know, 4,000. He's 4,300. Much higher on FanDuel, though, at $6,200. Great matchup at home. They're coming off a bad loss to the Eagles. Washington is just going to be a speed bump in their way. But I couldn't go with Gore. I went with a guy who I think initially people will look at the matchup and scoff at it and think it's a bad matchup. But we don't know what's going on with his running mate. And if you look at, the, look at it by the numbers, it's actually a solid-to-plus matchup for Jordan Howard this week. So Jordan Howard is my value play. Well, he definitely will be under-owned just based on the fact that they're facing the Bears, the vaunted Bears. Yes. But the vaunted Bears have been not so good against running backs the last couple of weeks. I think it kind of ties with the was it their, one of their middle linebackers, uh, Got hurt a couple weeks ago, and that's kind of like coincided with them struggling a little bit too. Uh, they, they've got some defensive line issues. They lost Akeem Hicks, and Hicks is the guy I was thinking. Yeah. Of, yes. So I mean, and, <coughs> and we don't know what's up with Miles Sanders. Um, the Eagles are better off if he can play. But look, oh, and I forgot. They didn't even think about this. This is a revenge game. Give me Jordan Howard. <laughs> a revenge game factor definitely comes into play there. Uh, I too considered Frank Gore. Uh, I also considered uh, Mr. Howard there. I thought he was interested. I, I loosely considered Damian Williams because I it, it was obviously clear at the end of the game last night that Mr. McCoy was in a bit of, a bit of the doghouse there for dropping the ball. Yep. I, I also considered Derrick Henry going up against Carolina. But ultimately, I settled on Gore's running mate, Devin Singletary, yeah. at 4,700. It, it's obvious Buffalo is realized over the last couple of weeks that he's a valuable part of that offense and he's got the explosive ability to win a slate himself that he does he has the ability to take every single carry to the house he is electric and that's what you need in in the giant tournaments okay so let's go on over to wide receiver i started out with two guys and i crossed one out um The guy I crossed out was, and I guess I should pull up my wide receiver salary so I can look at them. Um, Guy I crossed out would have been a stack with my value play, um, and that's Kenny Galladay. And I'm not saying Galladay is a bad play because I think he's a great play, Um, but that's not who I went with. I went with a different stack. Give me my wide receiver eight, Tyler Lockett. Well, yeah, you can definitely stack him with your quarterback there, and I, I like Tyler Lockett a lot. I went with my pay-to-play at Kenny Galladay. Again, I'm trying to get as many points out of that Oakland-Detroit game as I can. It worked last week. Putting lots and lots of New York Giants and Detroit Lions into my lineup helped me pay off in some of my biggest, best lineups. This week, my biggest, best lineups are going to be piled with Detroit and Oakland players. Here's what I'll tell you. only The only team that's giving up fewer points than the Eagles to the wide receiver position are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they're in Seattle. <coughs> so on DraftKings, Lockett is $200 cheaper than Galladay. Play Lockett. On FanDuel, Lockett is $100 more. No, I'm sorry. Lockett's $100 less. So then play Galladay there if you want. Save a little bit of money. It's not as big a disparity. But either of those guys, find a way to get both of them in your lineups, honestly. That's that's what I was going to say. Is Just like this past week, we recommend start both of them. Start both of them this week, too. Okay. So now at the stay away... I maybe this is going to look like a punt, but how, explain to me how is Adam Thielen the highest priced wide receiver on the board? Yeah, seriously, there- <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I, I think they're just assuming it's going to be a shootout there in Kansas City. I'm not even sure that he's going to be on the field. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty secure that he's going to play. I, I think he's probably going to be a little bit rusty despite missing only the one game. But, I mean, going into the Thursday and, night game, if he had had his way, he would have played on Thursday night. Okay. And what was his injury? Hamstring. Okay. And what is a hamstring? 
it's not a good thing for a receiver. It's a soft tissue injury, right? So it's easy to tweak a hamstring. It's going to be in Kansas City. What is Kansas City going to be this week probably? A little chilly? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we're not talking November, December, but it could be a little chillier. What happens when it gets chilly? Muscles are easier to tighten up. And I'm sorry. This is a long-winded way of saying I'm staying away from Adam Thielen, but because I feel that that's kind of a punt, I'm going to say I'm staying away from Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs because something in me tells me this is not going to be a high-scoring game. It's a good strategy, I'd say, seeing as how they're the number one and number three priced receivers in this week's yes. slate. Yes. Um, I, I ended up going a little further down, and I will say this. My pick is also contingent, too. Okay. We talked a little bit about this guy in the trick-or-treat segment. Yeah. It's Odell Beckham. Uh, if Denver trades Chris Harris, as is expected tomorrow, then he can shine a little bit up on Beckham's potential but if Harris stays with Denver and plays this week uh, he's going to shadow Beckham and we might see another showing like we had last week where Stefan Gilmore basically took Mr. Beckham out of the game to the point where Baker Mayfield just wasn't even looking his way yeah five for 50 might be good for you know your wide receiver three or a flex but not for your wide receiver one when it's Odell Beckham don't disagree who's your, with who's your value I have three value plays, and I think I know that we're not going to match because none of them are in the Oakland-Detroit game. <laughs> so the first one was <coughs> that, I, and I'm highly considered him, but I just can't. The quarterback play is just too bad. Um, you know how we like to pick on the Cardinals for the tight end position? Well, pick on the Eagles will usually be good strategy. So I was looking at Anthony Miller. At thirty-seven and fifty-one hundred, but eh, I decide that's not that's not really going to work for me. So then I'm like, well, you know, I like that Seattle game against the Buccaneers, right? So, yes. Jerron Brown, thirty-eight hundred, fifty-four hundred. Uh, no, nah, I can't do it. But I'm going to stay in that same ta- on that same team in that same game. David Moore, thirty-one forty-eight. So I, I like all those picks. Uh, I actually considered Anthony Miller myself. Uh, particularly with the fact he's been used a lot more the last couple of weeks since he's come back from his injury. Yep. But you are correct. I am going to load up on the Detroit Oakland game. And so I've also got, I've got three value plays and they all are playing in that game. I've got Tyrell Williams. I've got Danny Amendola and I've got Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Renfro, San Diego yeah. Padres up for there. Yep. Give me any of those three. Give me two of those three. Uh, you know, in the Williams case, Williams price is the highest of the three of them. But he scored in all five games that he's played in this year. Yeah. Nope, not bad picks. I told, I knew it was going to be tough. It was a tough week. Um, comes down to tight end, buddy. We've got two matches so far. Well, and so tight end, I could seriously make a good, solid case to pay up for any of the three top price guys this week, Kelsey, Darren Waller, or Hunter Henry. Yes, I agree with you. So normally, when that's the case, I will pay up for the cheapest of the three of those guys. That's what I did. But this time, I decided to <laughs> go with Waller instead. Uh, again, I, I can make a good argument for any of the three of them. I just I chose Waller. Opposing tight ends are averaging 6.4 and 83 yards against Detroit over their last five games. Meanwhile, Waller's coming off his worst game of the season. The worst game of the season, he still caught a touchdown pass. So, And that's two games in a row, I believe, that he's had touchdown passes. So, yeah, yeah no, two I, the previous week. I went with Hunter Henry. Um, <coughs> yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three. And usually what I do is I pay up for the cheapest of those, right? And yep. then, I, then I stay away from the most expensive one because I'm like, well, why would I pay up for that when I can get the same production for cheaper, but that's not what I did this week at the tight end position. I went one down. I'm staying away from Zach Ertz after all I said that give me Ertz over Kittles for the rest of the year. Um, not this week. Um, so Ertz, yeah, we've got the match there at Zach Ertz. Uh, okay, it, it's it's really not even that bad of a matchup. No, it's not. But you know, Dallas Goddard is inching past Ertz right now on the depth chart, uh, 
and again, like we've, we've just mentioned, all of the other high-priced tight ends have just juicy, juicy matchups. So. Okay, so we're at three. We need this next one for a push. I'm going to tell you who my value play is. Okay. And it's because it's actually a pretty good matchup that I think people are going to look at and think it's a bad matchup. Dallas Goddard. Ah. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it's for a lot of those same reasons that, one, I'm not sure if Deshaun's going to be back this week. I know he's practicing again. I don't know if they're going to use him. I'm not quite sure if he's going to be on a snap count, et cetera. But Goddard's over his injury. He's working into the lineup well. There's always a good chance for a touchdown with him um, because he's such a big target in the red zone. And if you look at, let me see if I can pull it up here, um, points allowed by position. I don't think most people would guess that the Bears are as high as they are, but I believe off the top of my head, I think they're top 10, but I'll tell you exactly where they are. Um, they're 11th. They're 11th in points allowed to tight ends this year. So Goddard's only 3,105,000. I'll take that as a, as a value play. You know, I did consider Goddard, and I definitely think he's going to get three times at DraftKings. I don't love the $5,000 price tag on FanDuel, but I never really like the – finding the value at FanDuel at tight end is really tough because yeah. the, the, kind of the baseline they use is like 4500 And 4500 is is 1000 above the value plays I like on DraftKings at that position. So, Whereas if you look at the prices for Kelsey and them, Kelsey's actually $200 cheaper on FanDuel than it's on DraftKings, which, again, doesn't make sense when you consider the economics of the second and third tier there at that position. I, I also considered if O.J. Howard misses another week to give Cameron Braid another try. Yeah, I know he underperformed last week, but Seattle has been abysmal. They've given up over 100 yards per game to tight ends over the last four weeks. Uh, I thought about Kyle Rudolph, and, I, again, I think that, he and Kelsey are going to be involved in that game from an offensive standpoint for Minnesota. But ultimately, I'm trusting in the fact that Delaney Walker is going to miss one more game, in which case I'm going to once again go to the rel on Janu Smith. Okay, I can see that. And yes, I would expect that Walker's going to miss another game. He was in a boot on Sunday still. Um, so just a little note on Dallas Goddard. Now it's a short, short sample. Um, the last two weeks... He is fifth among tight ends in scoring, right? During that same span, there are only three tight ends that have scored in double digits both weeks, which consistency matters. Um, Travis Kelsey's one, and Kelsey has actually scored a few points less than Goddard. And the other one is Austin Hooper, who has also been double digits both weeks. So um, at a minimum, I'm telling you to play Goddard as a value play, so he shouldn't hurt you if he craps the bed and you Ertz fans can rest assured that because I've now said to sit Ertz play Goddard that Ertz is going to go off for 30 points maybe a little both score that'd be great <clears throat> although if we're going to talk about revenge games Trey Burton I thought about that I looked at it I can't I can't can't do it can't trust <laughs> I don't trust M Mitchell Trubisky Burton seems like he has been hurt ever since he got to Chicago. Um, but I did, I did honest to God. I looked at that and I just, I can't do it. I hear you. <laughs> so, I mean, does Burton even have like a dozen catches since he's been in Chicago? I don't know. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure that backup tight ends, Adam Shaheen and Ben Broniker actually have more points this year than Burton. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a shame. Burton's, Get him healthy, get him a good quarterback. I mean, he's got the ability. I hated to see when he left Philly, um, but I think that they upgraded with Goddard. Here's a question. We, yeah. we all saw a Philly special. Yes. Is Burton a better quarterback than Trubisky? Um, you know what? That's not a question. Yes. <laughs> Actually, frame the question differently. Would Burton be as bad a quarterback as Trubisky? That's the question. <laughs> right? Same thing, yep. two different ways of looking at it. Um, it's a shame. Look, I hope the guy gets it straight, but... They've got some issues there that they need to get fixed. And windows shut quickly in the NFL. And that defense is formidable, um, but the offense has to help. And if you don't get any help, then you wind up like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have for years always struggled because the defense hurt the offense, et cetera. Um, but I will say this. I didn't pick the Bears to make the playoffs this year. 
So you're one of the few. You're yeah. one of the few that didn't do. Of yeah. course, uh, all honesty on the table, I actually thought that the Atlantic Falcons were going to have a blowout season this year, but yeah, I did. Obviously, too. that's not happening. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yep, I had the I had the Falcons in the playoffs. I'll, <coughs> I'll take the good with the bad. Um, it's posted on my Twitter page. You can go see it, and you can ridicule me for the bad picks and pat me on the back for the good ones. I had San Francisco in the playoffs, um, believe it or not. But I had the Seahawks out. So there's good, there's bad, right? Trick and treat. Um, but anyway, I'll tell you what. Let's do nothing but tr- treats the rest of the way. Treats. Follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear, Har- Nuclear Harley. Sorry about that. Yes. Treats. Go to the huddle. Subscribe if you have not. Check out all of the content that we have. That's a treat. It'll put money in your pocket by the end of the year. Actually, starting this week. Treat. Follow me. At least I think it's a treat. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Gallo NFL. Treat. Get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>